In this week's episode of Investors Corner, we are joined by Tom, who's been a mortgage advisor for many, many years. And we're going to have a conversation around what's currently happening with mortgage rates. Are we seeing better rates out there due to inflation coming down? We're also going to have a conversation about are we seeing more landlords enter the market? Because there's better buy to let rates out there with the large fees now decreasing. We will also discuss what the government should do to get the housing market back going again. And we'll give you our 2024 housing predictions. So make sure that you listen into this one. And as ever, make sure that you subscribe to the Investors Corner. Hey, looking forward to this one. Tom, thank you for joining us. Long time in the game, as Andy said on the intro. So let's get stuck into some buy-to-let mortgage information, which we actually haven't covered on the podcast in a while. So No, we haven't. I think bit... the last time we covered it was... Yeah, probably a couple of months ago. Yeah. So it'd be good. Bit of an see. education for us. Yeah. Yeah. Lots changed in that time. What I keep seeing, which is quite interesting, is buy to let rates seem cheaper than residential rates. And that's been the case for maybe the last twelve or eighteen months. But of twenty one years in property, typically speaking, that wasn't the case. <laughs> what why do you think that is at the moment? Um I'm not too sure. I think first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Um I think it's an interesting one with the buy to lets at the moment because there has been for most of 2023 and arguably 2022 um, a bit of a, a slowdown in the market in general. And I think the banks um, have had to just react to that slightly and just they have to get a bit more competitive. Mm. Um, I they think want to do business. They, they mm. need to do business. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this is their business model. If they're not lending money, then they're, they're, they're not going to, um, you know, be in business much longer. So, um, I think they're just having to just get a bit more competitive, um, you know, in general, really. But um, yeah, they've been sort of equal to, I'd say, for with uh, residential for quite a while. But um, yeah, there has been times where it's been actually better than residential. It's the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah. Um, at the moment, they are very slightly higher than the residential, but it's still as close as it's ever been. Whereas in the past, it's sort of you know, been at least you know half percent, a percent higher with uh, whopping fees. Yeah, whopping fees, yeah. which um, we're seeing a change on. Now, yeah. so there were big fees, like you said, but because their lenders are competing with each other and they need those those people on their on their books, really, it's it's right. Okay, let's drop the fees down from. I remember it used to be five percent fee, wasn't it? It was a seven seven percent fee. Now like I've seen yeah. yeah, I've seen recent ones three percent fee or even lower. So it's obviously going in going in the right direction because they need to do it. It's definitely going in the right direction, and the the fees. Yeah, I think that was a. A real kind of uh, reason for people just holding fire was the fees. They could see the rate; they'd be like, "Okay, I can, I can accept that, but I can't swallow a three percent fee on a you know two hundred grand mortgage or whatever." It's just such a high, high outlay. But that's definitely come down. We're seeing some really competitive rates now with no fee. Again, we as mortgage brokers, we'll always do the the calculation as to what's worth paying and what's not. You know, we we legally have to recommend you know the cheapest option and and justify what we're recommending but there's you know i was looking this morning and some pretty good rates out there with actually with no fee um you can now get sort of around sort of uh you know 5.2 percent with a two thousand pound fee which you know having a fixed fee i think a lot of um landlords and future landlords just prefer the idea of that rather than when they see it as a percentage of the loan it's just like it's almost it's just too much to yes yeah, it's, it's, it's like anything you know if you've got something put in front of you and you're paying out your hard-earned cash <laughs> It's right. I want to see the figure. I don't want to see a percentage because then that means I've got to try and work it out, or I've got to rely on someone to work it out for yeah. me. I can't be asked to do that. Mm. Just give me the flat fee and what I'm going to pay. Happy days. Yeah, yeah. It becomes much. I think around here as well, we're lucky in this area because 
the fixed fee of two grand or I saw a couple at three nine nine nine. That's that's actually not too bad around here. No. Right. Mm. Because of the type of loan they're probably going to get, the size of it, because the average house price in sort of more the home counties and going into London as well, that works all right. Yeah. Not as beneficial up north. I, say, the the norms, but, I mean, some of the rates do look sort of astronomically high, but when, again, you do the maths and you realise that it's actually worth going for that higher um, rate with no fee, um, it actually does work itself out. And then sometimes it is better to go for that higher rate and to save yourself two, you know, two grand or, you know, 3% or whatever we've we've seen. So it's, it's just um, getting a, a good mortgage broker to do the calculations for you and then going from there, really. How's the the trend been over the last? Well, since COVID, it'd be interesting to know since COVID, what's the trend look like for buy to lets? As have you seen it kind of when obviously everything went bonkers with stamp duty, and it's normally a sort of annual average is about one point two million transactions in the UK. We saw over one point five in that year. So just generally speaking, transactions are up. Were buy to lets up at that time as well, or not? How have have they looked over the last sort of three years? Have they just been steady, or has there been a um, change? Probably uh, COVID was was huge with the stamp duty holiday. I mean, that was COVID went from being my quietest year, sort of, you know, we were sat sort of doing nothing for a few months, and then at the end of that year, sort of the last six months, twenty twenty, it was the busiest year probably I've ever had, and um, mm. or certainly since I've been self employed, which is uh, six years now. Um, so I'd say twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one were were really busy for buy to let, and I definitely saw more transactions with that. Mm. Um, I've definitely, you know, I won't, I won't lie, I've seen it has got quieter probably since. Liz Truss's car crash budget in, in uh, 2022. So, I mean, if you look at 2023 and sort of, what was it, September, I think that was, of 2022, when yeah. when that all happened, it's definitely got quieter as a result because it sort of, it felt like a lot of just general turbulence in the in the, the market rates started just going through the roof. And I think that just sort of put the frighteners on a lot of people for, for a while and especially sort of, you know, buy to let in investors maybe just thought, let's just hold fire for a bit. Um, but I do really feel now that, it's kind of coming full circle. I think the the Bank of England base rate stabilising was absolutely huge um, last month. Um, inflation coming down inflation as well. Coming to down. A reasonable figure is probably helpful yeah. for confidence. And it just feels like it's brought a lot of calm to the market and mm. sort of almost given like the lenders and investors and you know you know people looking to move home just sort of a pause of thought and just a bit of calm. Just think right, actually, let's take stock now and just see you know, where we're at. And I think it's just lenders now, you know, we'll talk about 2024, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I think with the swap rates that have, have come down quite a bit recently um, or in the last few weeks, that is now giving the lenders a lot more sort of wiggle room to offer some better interest mm-hmm. rates, which they've not been able to do for the last year. Their hands have been tied with that. Whereas now, you know, I think they have now got a lot more room for maneuver offering better rates. And I think that's good. I've already seen it in the last few weeks. We have seen a lot more inquiries coming in, a lot of people who were maybe just sort of waiting and seeing what's going to happen and now like okay let's let's do it so I, I'm, I'm really positive about 2024 i think it's gonna be a really good year yeah i think with with clients that i've recently spoke to about buy to lets where a few months ago they were contemplating on selling their buy to lets because financially it didn't work out for them but now it's because the rental prices have shot up you know around this area we're looking at well i've had a two-bedroom apartment 16.50 a month that's yeah. just rented out so now landlords are looking at that saying, right, okay, I'm due to remortgage now. I'm going to fix a tenancy for two years. It's 1650 a month. Or, you know, build a rent increase even after that, after 12 months. And then remortgage for another two-year fix financially. 
it, it works out. Yeah. And they get a bit of money in, in, in their pocket as well. Because... And, and it helps us as mortgage brokers when the rent is going up as well, because that just that just frees up affordability yeah. as well. Whereas, again, we've had our hands tied with that with sort of stress testing and that sort of thing, which is, you know, the lenders have got a little bit nervy with that. But again, that, I'm seeing that going in the right direction as well, which is definitely helping us out. Yeah. What, what is going on with the kind of stress testing these days with the lenders? What are they kind of, what's their expectations on things at the moment? Well, a lot of them, I mean, it used to be sort of if you've got a 25 cent deposit and it's 125 percent of the interest only amount in happy days um those days are gone unfortunately but um the stress testing has got has got a bit better there are some banks using a bit more of a common sense approach to say using trying to get closer to the pay rate which is the the fixed rate rather than um say sort of sticking to two and a half percent on top of the the fixed interest rate um I think that is going to come down a little bit again just from what we said earlier i think the banks need to start sort of mm. reducing their stress testing just because they need to lend um i saw a uh, i was at hsbc last week at their head office in canary wharf which is which was really nice and um they did a really interesting presentation on uh just net lending in the uk and 2023 has been the lowest net lending i think it was in like 20 years it was, it was just as bad as 2008 2009 which i thought was staggering i thought it wouldn't be quite as bad as that so they need to make up that deficit in 2024 so i think they will kind of reduce their sort of stress testing demands a little bit just make up some market share again because they're going to have to make up you know the lending that they kind of lost into next year i think it, it looks like this year statistically on transactions we'll see way over 20 percent, maybe 22 23 percent down on average transactions just across the board cash mortgage buy to let resi whatever and that must hurt the banks yeah, that must hurt them because of the the bulk of that in the UK is going to be mortgage related, which means it's good news for us because mm -hmm. it means they're going to be doing their end of year financials, looking at it, thinking, right, we got to get off to a good start in Q1 yeah. next year, which I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing those rates. But we, we do a live call every Thursday. In fact, we just did our last one this week. And two weeks ago, we kind of looked at the best deals out there and they were kind of residential this is five year even 60 percent loan to value they were kind of like high fours like mid fours something like four seven five four point eight and now i believe there's there's a resi deal that you can get coming who it's with but under four and a half so just for two and a half weeks to see a quarter of a percent change on a resi deal that's that gives us a lot of confidence going into next year and i think like you said with buyers we're seeing a lot more viewing activity mm -hmm. if the property's priced right it does still sell in a week Mm -hmm. that's yeah. the beauty yeah. of it and that wasn't the case nine months ago yeah. but it does now so that does show that there is the demand out there which is good what's your kind of expectations for the first half of next year in the buy to let mortgage world what's your mystic meg we won't hold you on this <laughs> yeah. this is not a <laughs> don't hold yeah. you on this <laughs> But we're just guessing an opinion led here, really. Um, I think in Q1 um, of of twenty twenty four, we're going to see um, almost like a bit of an interest rate war between the lenders for what we said really to take back some market share, um, which is obviously you know, great for borrowers and great for the market in general. Um, I'm anticipating personally, sort of my business, sort of to be a lot busier in the first sort of six months of twenty twenty four than I was probably of this year, mm. um, just transactionally anyway. I mean, what I noticed this year is even though. We, we did do less mortgages this year than we have done in in the past um, for obvious reasons, but I never saw the amount of um, inquiries coming in drop, which was always positive. It was people still wanting to buy land or still wanting to 
either increase their portfolio or people wanting to become a landlord. Um, but just the numbers didn't quite stack up. Whereas I think we're going to see that completely change now coming up mm. in, in Q1. So yeah, I think we're going to see some, you know, I think interest rates sort of beginning with a four will become the norm. Um, maybe even sort of, you know, high threes if you you know you've got a really low load to value and maybe a a, a high setup cost but yeah i think that is kind of where we're going to be looking at you know sort of the the four percent sort of figures that's my sort of estimation anyway i think you know earlier this year we were looking at sort of like six six and a half percent i think yeah. you know, i think it feels like we have got really through the worst which is is really good mm. news are you are you finding that with investors that you're chatting to is the demand increased or is the kind of the lukewarm conversation started yet? Are you speaking to newer investors seasoned? What sort of Definitely the, the lukewarm conversations are, are coming through. Probably six months ago, they didn't even want to entertain the conversations. You know, if we had an amazing property on the market that could work out as a buy to let, they just weren't interested. They didn't want to put their money out there um, because they didn't know what was going on um, and the interest rates were, were quite high. Now, that's sort of flipped right now because the clients that I was speaking to then, they're now talking to me saying, right, I'm at the end of the year. I'm, I'm looking at my next year goals. I don't want, I want to add two properties to my portfolio or I want to add one property or something like that. What have you got? So those conversations now coming through from multiple people just shows that it is on the flip side and, and going into Q1 next year, I think there's going to be more of those conversations being being had. Um, yeah, I think with rental prices, we're going to see continue to see those in, increase because the the supply is still not there. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, and I think more and more people will look at that and think, right, my goal is is to keep hold of this investment property that I've got because over the next three to five years or whatever it is, my goal is x to take out this much equity of the property or something like that um and they'll can they'll continue to rent and you'll get more queries coming through about about buy to lets that's that's my sort of prediction on it yeah um and that's just from the conversations that i'm having now compared to six months ago yeah and like i said my my sort of prediction is that, and what i'm already saying is just uh, you know all the, a lot of inquiries i had last year where it just didn't quite work we couldn't quite make the numbers stack up i think people will now make the jump now and go for it and you know I, I get a lot of clients who i've you know long-standing clients might not have done like quite a lot of residential mortgages for a lot of them have aspirations to become landlords one day they know yeah. it's a good investment mm. so they quite often ask me like how much do i need to have in the bank to to you know get a decent deposit and all that sort of thing um those conversations i get quite a lot so i think there's you know there's always going to be that kind of aspiration to become a, a landlord and um and landlords to increase their portfolio because you said that the demand still with tenants is is really high and there's not enough supply so i think people want to yeah. get a bit of that really their it ultimate goal wasn't was to increase the first time buyer market wasn't it that was what they wanted yeah. to do yeah. so to do that what they've actually done is they penalized the buy to let market by trying to make the first time buyers get the jump mm. and in theory it's worked because there are more that is the dominant buyer in 2023 as a first-time buyer i think it accounts to 29 percent of all transactions yeah. of first-time buyers at the moment something like that 30 odd percent but what it's in a sort of weird roundabout way is done because landlords have exited because less buy-to-lets have been purchased it's meant that rental demand because of the shortage of rentals available has become 
out of control. Yeah, mm-hmm. And if you are a first-time buyer in rented, you, you're not saving the deposit. No. You're just trying to pay your rent. Yeah. Because it's yeah. on. And just hoping it's not going up, you know, too much as well. Yeah. Um, and that that's sort of in a roundabout way impacted things. But it would be interesting to see because there was a lot of talk this week, you know, maybe some sort of stamp duty incentive in the budget didn't happen. Maybe it comes in the next one or the following. We don't know or not at all. But I think there's too many murmurs of something being spoken about for it to not happen. Yeah. Mm. And I think, sorry, it's not, yeah, I think... Um, it's going to be really interesting with an election next year as well, with, yeah. just to see, you know, there's an argument, it depends where you stand politically, are the Tories sort of on, on borrowed time. But, you know, I think I wouldn't be too surprised to see some kind of incentive just to get some almost brownie points for their last, you know, one last, you know, swing at it before an election. Yes. And to see if they bring out any policies that they want to sort of stimulate the, the economy sort of yeah. last minute before that. I mean, the government now are pretty sort of one-trick ponies with housing initiatives, just got to be said, because... Whatever they talk about, it doesn't work, or whatever we want to implement that will make it better for people, they don't. So, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's probably not going to work, whatever they do. Yeah. I mean, it, the stamp duty thing, you know, you could say that it wasn't actually required because of furlough put so much money in the economy and the pent up demand of coming out of lockdown. The market was actually like rocking and rolling mm. three yeah. months before the stamp duty holiday came in. It was like, wow, we yeah. just opened the doors to the floodgates here. And then they threw that on the fire as well. It was like throwing petrol on a fire. It was mental, but it did work. It, it, it obviously got, got the economy going. It got transactions happening. What I, what would be interesting is what version of it do they do? Do they do another holiday or yeah. do they do something else? What they what they should do is, is exactly what, can't remember who mentioned it i think it might have been ricky said it um on the live chat and can they do something to incentivize downsizing but that's what they need to do they need to target who they're helping instead of going here you go here's stamp duty holiday for everyone yeah because the people that don't actually need to move yeah are going to take the houses that they wouldn't have taken which is going to obviously take them off the market for the people that do need to move what what we desperately need at the moment is the people that are in the big four bed detached houses that have been in there for 20, 25, 35 years, that have got no kids living there anymore. And all due respect to them, like they've they've built their wealth through their house yeah. and, you know, they're probably mortgage-free or they've got a very small mortgage. But they're not moving because if they move, it's a hindrance, it's a costly exercise. They're potentially retired now and not working. They don't want to go and spend money on stamp duty tax and agency fees and legal fees and remittal mm. fees. If they could incentivize them to do it, I, I don't know how they would do it. It's a, a stamp duty on a downsize incentive or an over 70-year-old incentive for stamp duty. What that does is it frees up all of those houses that all of the families want in the villages outside of towns and the whole market kicks mm, off. Yeah. The whole market gets moving by freeing up the top. Yeah. What they're trying to do is they fuel the bottom and then you get to this cluster point where all the small three beds, small four beds want the big... And they're not there. Yeah. Yeah. There's just none available. Yeah, in the middle, it's not moving. And it causes it just causes a massive backlog of an open chain. You don't get paid as a mortgage advisor. The first-time buyer keeps chopping and changing at the bottom because nothing's ever happening. It doesn't result in anything. Mm-hmm. And and the other element of things that would be very interested, could they bring something in for let-to-buy purchasing? Because if people have got a load of equity, because we've seen prices climb 25% in the last three years, and they want to keep hold of their property, they want to become a landlord, mm. And they could do a let to buy where they they let their small three bed, two bed, you know, whatever it may be out to buy another property. 
it probably means they don't jump from a two bed flat to a, you know, that's worth 300 grand to a 725 property. Mm. Like we saw happening yeah. two years ago. It was yeah. Yeah. The jumps people were doing. It was unbelievable. It probably doesn't do that. But what it does do is it just gets things going and it gives the rental market a bit of release if there's a load of let yeah. buys going on. This came up at HSBC, weirdly, and uh, they sort of were saying, it was their sort of head of sales, they're saying here that you'd like to see um, almost like a stamp duty holiday on, for want of a better word, last time buyers. Like, but it's so hard to police. It's like, you know, yeah, how yeah. do you know if it's going to be your last house or not? But yeah, if it is someone, you know, over 70s downsizing, hmm. you know, it's... A lot of people, you know, my my grandparents, for example, I don't think they'd think about doing that right now because they've they're mortgage free in a nice house. Why would they want to spend tens of thousands essentially on yeah. stamp duty with the hindrance of you know of uh, of moving on top of that? So I think that could be really good. But going back to the let to buy thing, I think that could be crucial to get them to get the investor market going, to get the market going in general. I mean, um, when I first went whole and market, which was uh, twenty fifteen, I think um, let to buy was just we used to do it all the time, and it'd yeah. be. And I mean, for us as mortgage brokers, it's great because it's it's two transactions. We're getting paid on the on the let to buy and the purchase. Um, it got the you know it got the uh, market moving a lot better, and it just that that's probably the number one um, sort of objection I get with people looking to do let to buys. Like I'd love to do it, but stamp duty is just going to kill us. Um, so I mean, if they were to do something along those lines, um, I think that would help with it. Why 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 do you think they haven't done that yet? Because what, what yeah, what you're advising what you're, for investors. Yeah, so what you're talking about makes complete sense on how to get everything going. Why do you I, think I, they've I, even thought about? I think they they were they are worried about being a negative onslaught for making landlords because it's the yeah. the, the reputation of a classic stereotypical landlord is not a good one in the yeah, UK. It's greedy. It's I want more. exactly. And it's if you're taking that away from people who I'm just trying to get a house, not letting them a second mm, one. Yeah. Politically, that is difficult to sell. If you own a two-bed house or a two-bed flat, there's an argument the two-bed house is the first time buyer property. I totally get that. But it's also a property for a tenant. And tenants are becoming homeless because they can't buy yeah. anything. Yeah. So you've got to look at both elements of things. People need property to live yeah. in. And I think if they did do that, they freed that up. There's enough first-time buyer type properties for people to go and buy, whether it's new build, mm. Whether it's the apartment market, I mean, there's apartments everywhere at the moment. Yeah. So if you owned an apartment and you're doing a let to buy, you know, the, the logic is, well, just just let them do it. Yeah. But I don't know whether the stamp duty, I mean, the stamp duty holiday would need to be on the 3% because obviously you're buying a second mm. property. And then it becomes, can I do it on the stress test? Can I do it on the purchase? Do I have enough equity between the one I'm leaving to the one I'm buying? You'd have to have a lot of cash to do it. So take that three percent additional out of the equation, you may have just given them an extra twelve, fifteen, mm. sixteen yeah. grand. Yeah. It's then doable. And Tenants if that result happy. is good to sort of yeah. take because there is more transactions happening, then then you know, everyone wins as far as I'm concerned. But going back to what you said earlier with the stamp GC uh, holiday in twenty twenty, I don't actually think that was needed. What? I had so many people, my parents, they they were moving home and during that period, they announced it, and they were just like, "We just saved ten grand overnight. We were going to be moving anyway." Yeah. Um. And I had that with so many clients. I just thought it was a bonus. Well, like, yeah. Oh, we wanted to move. Like I, d- I did it. Yeah. I didn't need to move. Yeah. But I thought we just spent it as much as well. Instead. Yeah. Loads of well, people. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I can save myself twelve and a half, yeah. fifteen grand or whatever exactly. it was. Yeah. yeah go on. Then I'll do I it. didn't see many people actually go. Oh wait, that's actually an impetus for us to now move because of the damages. It was like, well, we're going to be 
moving anyway. So yeah. everyone just saw it as like, I can just spend it on, yeah. on something what, else. What it did do is it pushed a load of people to move where where maybe some of them would have, but some of them wouldn't. And when we looked kind of 12 months ago, and we were forecasting this way before, maybe two years ago, what we knew is we were going to have two years of lower transactions because a lot of people had shifted forward. And just from a business point of view, we were strategizing 18 months ago saying, well, next year as in 2023 is going to be low transactions. So for estate agents, for mortgage advisors, we will, to do the same turnover number, we're going to have to do a, a lot more work, mm -hmm. a lot more work in it. And you're seeing a lot of people struggle in the property industry because of the transactions are down. No one will will start playing the violin for the banks. But what we will see for the banks is a, a, some sort of onslaught, some sort of redemption sort of attack on the yeah. figures yeah. next year. Gonna to That's going to benefit the public. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. What, um, what I am interested to know, though, is the types of landlords as well that we think might be knocking around in 2024. It'd be great to see the let-to-buys, but it, mm. we saw the small businesses kick in, didn't we? We saw yeah. small business owners, medium-sized business owners looking to acquire property because they'd made a lot of money over those two kind of windfall years. Who else? is? What's the demographic look like for the landlord? From the conversations that, that I'm having... Um... So the landlords that, that will come through are current landlords with one or two properties looking to purchase another one. Um, that's from multiple conversations that I've had. Um, you've also got current landlords looking to incorporate their buy-to-lets into a business, which obviously has tax, well, it's for tax purposes, um, which will free up sort of more of an outlay of cash that they can reinvest in in other property as well um and you've got your first time first time landlords ac accidental landlords where um they're either moving overseas or they're with a partner that's already got a property and they're going to move in with a partner and rent out their property so it's really a a mixed of of landlords that we're going to see we're going to see come through mm. um but i think your, your your main landlords be the ones that that have the the one or two properties looking looking to add add to them. I've speak, spoken to landlords recently that have had 10, 12 properties in their portfolio. Um, they're not looking to do anything for the next year because they're quite happy with 10 or 12. They've reinvested some of their money or their equity into other investment areas. Um, so they're quite happy with their 10 or 12. And I think most portfolio landlords might be like that for the next for the next 12 months. Um, just to see what does happen next year with the interest rates coming down, the base rate, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, your, your landlords one or two, I think we'll see we'll see a lot of them enter, enter f to find another property. Yeah, I'm getting a lot more inquiries. Um, people looking to go down the limited company route as well. Yeah. Um, certainly in the last 12 months I've seen that. And, and there's more and more lenders that are coming into the limited company market as well. As obviously, you know, I'm not a tax advisor, but there are sort of tax advisors to doing it. Yes, yeah. I think it's become a more competitive space in the in the yeah. uh, in the mortgage market for limited company. If um, you if you are if you are a landlord and you're thinking about going down the limited company route to to incorporate, just make sure you seek that that professional advice. Some people that I've spoken to think it's something quite easy to do, but you have to meet certain requirements in order to do it. You can't just yeah, do it tomorrow. So um so yeah, just make sure that you get that.
that professional advice from it. Yep. The other kind of trend that's coming over the next couple of years as well is there will be more people turning 65 than 21 for the first time on record ever, mm. which shows that there's a marketplace for the 60. Well, there's going to be a dominance of 65 year olds in the UK, mm. whether you're talking from a restaurant perspective, from hospitality, products, services, mortgages, or property, that in itself, recruitment as well, that in itself is going to be very interesting because it does mean will banks start to look at that element? Mm. It? Because yeah, it's so always it's been a bit tougher, yeah. hasn't it? That, that age bracket has been tougher for, yeah. for getting lended. The la yeah, the landlords and investors that I've been speaking to sort of range from 50 to 60, yeah. 65. That seems to be the core of the people that yeah. I'm, I'm speaking to at, at the moment. Like people trying to sort of increase their pension because they realise maybe yeah, they're not quite paid enough. Yeah, I think they're, they're, well, especially at 65, mm. 65, then they're looking to, to retire. They might have a couple of years before they do that. So really now they're trying to maximise yeah. everything they can. And for, for young investors, which I don't really get a lot that I, oh, that I speak to or, you know, with landlords that want to rent their property out, there's not a lot of young investors out there, um, either because they haven't got the knowledge to, to do it or they don't seek that advice to go and get the knowledge on how to do it and how it can be a great investment opportunity. Um, but I think a lot of the young investors want to put their money somewhere else. Yeah. So we're talking crypto shares and stocks, yeah, very you know, thing, things like that, that they're thinking, actually, I might be able to 10x this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to put my money in there. But we've seen before, yeah, they you could lose a lot of cash. And then you can lose a lot of cash overnight from from doing that. It's happened to me in the in the crypto in the crypto world. Um I'm a lot more I won't come to you for No. <laughs> I'm a lot more hesitant now and a lot I look into it a lot more than I used to. Um I used to just hear the headlines and go bang. And then I'll be like, ah, I haven't made any money on that. Why haven't I done that? Yeah, because I didn't read what the community was like on on that on that crypto. So, um, yeah, but I think, you know, from the buzz that you see on social media, the trends that you see on social media, it is stock shares, crypto, NFTs, whatever else is going on. Yeah. It's, it's just all about that. I think for younger people, it can be almost like an opportunity to look very clever. You know, look what I've done on, you know, on sort of yeah. crypto or Bitcoin or whatever, whereas the sort of, you know, the 65 sort of age... Uh, age bracket there sort of probably a bit more yeah. to go with bricks and mortar and, and don't get me wrong there's, methods. there's some successful young people yeah. out there yeah. i know people that have made millions of pounds at the age of 20 mm -hmm. by investing in crypto and fair play to them but yeah a lot of these people risk. that have done that level of things have given it they've given it 10 hours a day is yeah and their yeah. discipline is yeah. become their skill well, typically what we're talking about in the buy to let space is not professional full-time no, no. lands. We're talking about people who've got a full-time job or maybe they drop down to four days a week or something like that. But that age of the bracket, they've got a lot of generational wealth. They've got a lot of equity yeah. from, from being a property owner for the last 30 odd years. And, and that means that they can do things. And it goes back to that Sanjee thing again. You know, if, you, if you're talking about those 800 grand houses and in those 800 grand houses, all of a sudden they're downsizing because they're thinking of later life. They, you know, they want a ground floor apartment or they want a smaller property that's easier to manage, smaller garden, closer to town centre so they can walk to shops. They might downsize to 450, pull a 
pension fund out or pull a little bit mm. of a, a pension win, call it 200 grand, 150 grand. All of a sudden, they look at it and they think, well, yeah, I've got two grandkids, I've got two kids, I could buy two one-bed flats or two two-bed apartments or two two-bed houses, live on the rent, you know, three, four grand a month's mm. worth of rental income coming in there as well. And that would allow me to retire early. Mm. You know, so when you look at the whole sort of spectrum of what could happen by just incentivizing, and the truth is, they don't need the stamp duty holiday to do that. They can do it anyway. Yeah. The 10 grand makes no difference, but it feels like I've got 10 grand off the tax now. Yeah. So you feel, <laughs> yes, exactly. And then you're going to take it on. Yeah, that's yeah. the buzz, isn't it? Yeah. I think, what it is. I think from a mortgage perspective there as well is if you're 65, your hands are quite tied residentially because all the the lenders are always looking at like, you know, what's your you know, income going to look like in five, 10 years? You told us you're going to retire in five years. So they're going to work out the affordability on your pension income, which might not be as high as your current salary. Whereas with the buy to let market, um, they're actually really quite flexible at that age. Just sort of, you know, they'll let you, there, are, there is a couple of lenders that actually don't have any age limit. If you, if you apply before 70 or 75, I can't remember the number now, that you can basically have it until you're mm. you know, 100 or whatever. Mm. They, they know that they, you know, that, the applicants are doing that to boost their pension income. So that sort of age gap, sort of around you know, sort of sixty-five to to seventy, is actually really, it's actually quite an easy time to get a buy select mortgage because as long as you're sort of below a certain age, that they'll kind of you know they're not actually too bothered in terms of when this mortgage is actually redeemed. Mm. They know it's an investment. Whereas if it's residential, like well, this mortgage has got to be done by your yeah. like 70, 75. Yeah. So that's um, I think just hearing that we said about more people being sixty-five, that's a huge opportunity. I think in that. In the investment world, banks aren't scared of property investment. No, you know, no. know how it works. They get yeah. owed long term. They're going to get their money back. And yeah. typically speaking, you know that's that's the way it goes. So that's that's interesting to hear that because the other part of it is we're living longer. You know, people are not dying as early as they were before. We are living longer. We live a healthier healthier society. Medical healthcare is better. We're more aware of what's good and bad. You know, and as a result, people are living longer. So at sixty five. You got a hell of a long time left. Yeah, yeah. touch wood for you. you know, yeah, you've got a long time left, and you can do a lot in that next thirty years. Yeah, you know, and and that's an opportunity to build your life over the, the that thirty year window to make sure that your loved ones benefit from it. You live the life you want. You can enjoy yourself and property movement around that thirty year window, or at least over that next ten years to set it up for the last twenty years of a potential life. That's a real key strategy that you can take advantage of, and. Mm. People want to, I think. So it'd be interesting. What other thoughts have you got on the buy-to-let market that maybe we haven't covered so far? Um, I just think that he's going to get a lot more positive um, next year. I would, you know, you could probably tell what I'm going to say. I'd always just say just speak to a mortgage broker, get them to look at your your whole um, sort of picture in terms of, you know, you might be a landlord who's just, you know, come up for a renewal for a two-year fix and you've just done it yourself each time. Just go and speak to a mortgage broker because they, they might be able to look at things from a different sort of angle you know you might get if you're struggling on affordability for example you might have a, a lender who will um look at the market value of the rent rather than what you're actually charging right now because we do get that you know if i've got a really good tenant i don't want to lose them but i know i could be charging more some banks will just be oh that's what we're going to base our stress testing on yeah some will say actually we'll send one of our valuers round and see what we think is worth and do an affordability assessment on that um and you know, there's, there's things you can do like top slicing and that sort of thing, which a mortgage broker can talk you through. More and more lenders are doing that where they'll they'll look at your personal income. You know, if you've got, you know, a a tenancy which is a little bit tight on the buy-select affordability, but you've got, you know, a pretty good salary and not many other outgoings, 
lenders will look at that and think, okay, you've actually got a bit more disposable income each month. We can look at that to to increase your, your lending as well. So I would just say to speak to mortgage brokers, get them to look at everything and you know, you never know, you might actually be able to sort of increase increase your options. We say like it's all about individual goals, isn't it? What yeah. What is the purpose of that buy to let, of that investment property? What are you trying to achieve from it? And based on knowing the end goal, it makes the next move yeah. for you as the broker, for us as the agents, if we're advising, um, a hell of a lot easier as well. So yeah, yeah interesting yeah. to see what happens in the buy to let space over the rest of the year and then going into next year. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for sharing your expertise. I'm sure we will uh, have you on the podcast next year again. See if you were right. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come to defend myself if I Yeah, yeah. You said this. I did this. Yeah. No, of course, it's all it's all kind of forecasted, opinion-led, but that's why we do these podcasts so that people can hear what the experts are saying. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you.